Hello, college football fans, and welcome to episode 126 of College Football Throwdown. I'm your host, Alex Schmitz, and today I'm joined, as always, by my dad, Peter Schmitz. Hello, college football fans and Husker fans. Hello, everybody. Uh, For those listening to the podcast for the first time, we are a father-son duo here to talk about college football by college football fans for college football fans. And today we'll be focusing a lot on our favorite team, the Nebraska Cornhuskers, and our predictions for the upcoming season. Uh, But before we get into that, uh, we are going to do our tradition of cracking open a beverage. Uh, Today I have some uh, Japanese Sapporo, uh, one of the beers I liked quite a bit when we went to uh, Japan a few years ago. That's cool, Alex. And I will simply say that I don't have a beer in front of me. I happen to be... Uh, traveling this time. So I'm doing this podcast from the great state of Minnesota and uh, uh, just visiting family and uh, happened to uh, spend some time at the Shell Brewing Company, uh, a, a, a brewery I'm, I'm fond of and is, in fact, the second oldest brewery in the United States, second to Yingling out in Pennsylvania, and uh, drank some of their wonderful beverages uh, during the uh, the early Oktoberfest celebration that they had yesterday. Ooh, that is cool. It was. All right. Well, here goes mine then. All right. There we go. <laughs> uh, so our last podcast um, was right in the midst of the crazy conference realignment talk with the Big Ten getting USC and UCLA. Um, we were talking about a lot of the different possibilities at that time um and in in terms of where we are now which is mid-august um there haven't really been any crazy updates you know uh, i've seen uh some different things about you know notre dame how good they feel about their independence these days because of how you know valuable it clearly is and stuff like that so doesn't seem like they're budging in the immediate future to me I would agree with you. I, I think all their uh, rhetoric, if you want to call it that, coming out in the media is sending a very strong signal that they have no intention of uh, joining the league anytime soon. So I really think uh, the Big Ten's thoughts now have shifted uh, away from them. They've like conceded that, okay, we get it. You don't want to be a part of this, so we're going to do what we feel is the right thing to do. And I just still believe that in the uh, in in the grand scheme of things, the Big Ten is likely to still add a few more teams, most likely additional teams from the Pac-12. But we'll see. Yes, we'll see how that all plays out. And of course, we'll do a emergency pod if necessary to uh, cover any breaking news. Exactly. Uh, of course, there have been various reports and things coming out about the fall practices, uh, on who's been injured, how the quarterback battle is going things of that nature. Um, I know that Scott Frost did say uh, a week or two ago that uh, the quarterback job is basically Casey Thompson's to lose. He's the clear, you know, number one in Frost's mind, um, unless somebody else really outperforms him in practice, uh, which I think isn't a surprise to anybody. Um, That's the reason why we got him transferred in from Texas to begin with. Um, I'm not too surprised to hear that the defense – uh, has kind of surpassed some people's expectations because, uh, A, last year, our defense was pretty salty a lot of the times and kept us in games when our offense was faltering. And even in the spring game, I commented how uh, P- 
people are apparently expecting the offense, the red team in that case, to win. Uh, and the defense really kind of showed up um, in a lot of areas that game. You know, a little hard to judge how good that really is when it's against your own offense. But I'm very happy to hear that uh, special teams has seen a market improvement. Um, that was obviously an area where we were extremely deficient last year um, and assigning a whole coaching position to it. One would hope that we would see improvements there. So I'll be keeping an eye on that in our first game of the year against Northwestern for sure. I'm going to read you a, 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 a document from uh, the uh, uh, on three website. Uh, and, and it was a response to some information. It says appropriate that Kool-Aid was invented in Nebraska. I drink, I drink, I drink. The Kool-Aid tastes fantastic. <laughs> and I feel like we do this every year, right? Where we do that. Yep. It's true. It's true. I mean, obviously there's more to it this time than before because we've got so many new coaches, a brand new quarterback, lots of transfers. Um, you know, it's a more changed team than perhaps in previous years. And the fact that basically everybody knows that this is Scott Frost's do or die year. You know, if we have another disappointing uh, majority loss season, he's gone. So, right. you know, it, you know, there's, there's that kind of air hanging over everything. I agree. But, you know, I, I feel like Scott has handled that well. I think he's perfectly content or I, I won't say content. That's the wrong. He's comfortable with the recognition that he has to perform this year or he's gone. Right. That's not like he's all stressed about that. Now you can do that when you're getting paid six million dollars a year, and you've been you've been hopefully banking a lot of that stuff. So if he never uh, works another day in his life, which won't happen, even if he completely falls on his face this year at Nebraska, he will still end up getting picked up as an assistant coach by some other college, and eventually work his way back to offensive coordinator, and maybe even later in his career get another head coaching opportunity somewhere. That's my prediction speculation. Now, obviously, if he has success this year and extends his time at Nebraska, maybe good things will happen and he'll he'll figure it out. Right. But uh, the the bottom line is he's uh, not letting that stress and tension. That's he's not so far let that um, get into the players' heads, into the culture of the program. So hopefully uh, he'll be able to continue to do that because we have some early success. You know, when I go on like Husker Max and some of these websites, I see, keep seeing this thing break the curse. Is that like the the PR thing they're going with this year? Oh, no, no, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think, uh, I don't that's, think that's a formal thing. That would be a horrible yeah. thing. If it is formal, I'm not seeing it and I hate it. Okay. I'm not seeing well, that. I, but I suspect there's a lot of people saying that. Yeah. Well, that I'm, I'm hoping that's what it is too because I agree with you. If that's official PR, that's a terrible slogan. Yes. Yeah, I don't think it is. Okay. Nope. That's good. Um, last little thing I want to mention in terms of uh, – practice and everything is that there was some news recently that our wide receiver the coldest Crawford is out with a knee injury and it said it would be an extensive leave of absence no further elaboration than that um but that's another right. kind of hit to that wide receiver core well uh, two things about that number one coach frost is always very you know uh, uh tight with the uh, uh, injury information to the point of absurdity right and, um, and this is just another example of that he tore his ACL. Pretty much everybody has, has figured that out. He's out for the year. Now, that's bad news uh, for him particularly. But he was really not in the mix to be uh, in the top six or eight wide receivers. 
He was a true freshman. Uh, he was coming in. Uh, what he's going to miss out on is all the practice he would have had this year, right, uh, as a backup. He would have been an important player in our uh, practice squad, you know, um, that, that, uh, that helps prepare the, te- the, the defense for the next team's offensive uh, arrangement and alignment. Um, so um, uh, missing out on that. Plus, you know, with the new rules, he could have played four games and still kept his eligibility, right? So he could have played against some, some other lesser teams in blowouts and gotten some opportunity to be on the field and really show what he was capable of and really build during this year. That's all been taken away from him now because of that injury. So that's the disappointing thing for him in terms of the actual, uh, you know, direct on the field effect, not much uh, for this season from him, just the longer term issue. And guys like that now I'm worried about how, how does he keep a good attitude and stick with the program or does he de- kind of deteriorate and, you know, get homesick. And then next thing you know, he's in the transfer portal. So I'm, I'm hopeful he can hang in there and his team supports him and, uh, you know, he, he recovers from that injury and has a great career Yes, down the road. Yes. Totally agreed. Okay. So is there anything else you want to mention before we get into our preseason predictions? Well, I, I was just going to say that, um, you know, I, with, without being able to see the offensive line uh, in action, really in any significant way, uh, and even during the spring game, you know, it was very hard to decipher much because a lot of the players were out. Um, uh, we had talked about the uh, um, coldest Crawford. Um, um, the other guy is um, uh, Turner uh, Corcoran, right, who is uh, going to be or was going to be our starting left guard. Um, and is probably our, our, you know, one of our top two or three offensive tackles, but we've moved him to guard um, because we can, right? Because we have two other tackles that we think are going to be a better fit and, and we think he can be a great guard. Well, but he's not practicing. He's been injured, uh, did not practice in the spring. And now this fall hasn't really gotten that many uh, days uh, of camp. Uh, that concerns me a great deal. He is vitally important to that offensive line. If we have him right next to Teddy uh, um, Proshek, who is a, you know, a, a basically a true freshman offensive lineman who is not true freshman, excuse me, a, he, he played last year and then got hurt, uh, but I believe he was able to preserve his redshirt year. So he, uh, with him and, and Teddy next to each other, the left side of our offensive line would have been pretty salty, really potentially very good but now i'm not sure so that's the big key that has such an impact on what i think the team can do for the year so because you're always optimistic at the beginning of the year i'm going to go with the optimistic view of his availability yes there we go optimism i like to hear it (laughs) (laughs) yes all right so I'm going to do a quick rundown of our schedule. I'm sure many Nebraska fans listening uh, know it well, but here we go. Uh, we have the game at Northwestern in Dublin, Ireland to start off the season. Uh, then we have North Dakota at home, Georgia Southern home, Oklahoma home, Indiana home, at Rutgers, at Purdue, Illinois home, Minnesota home, at Michigan home with Wisconsin and at Iowa to end out the season. So looking at that list of teams that we've got to play this year, um, I kind of did my own little kind of 
configuring of how many games I think we could potentially win, you know, in an optimistic scenario and all that sort of stuff. And I kind of came to the same conclusion that I've had for the past few years under Scott Frost and that uh, we should be able to win seven, potentially, if things really go well, eight games. Um, But (laughs) it never does seem to go that way. You know, we always lose these close games against these teams like a Purdue or a Northwestern or a Minnesota, you know, um, the teams I feel like we should be able to beat, you know, that we're more talented than. Um, so that, to me, that's the real question. Like those kind of, there's the teams we really should win that are early in the year. And there's the teams we really should lose to later in the year. And it's those intermediate teams in the middle that I think are going to be the real deciding point of whether we have a good season or a bad season this year. Uh, what's kind of your thoughts on that? I would. I, I. I. don't think I heard anything you just said that isn't true. <laughs> um, but I, I guess my thought would be that, um, yeah. As I. As I look at it, you know, you look at the individual games, and you can definitely see a, a path to, like you said, seven or eight wins, uh, maybe even nine, right? Uh, and that's assuming that's assuming uh, that you play well. Uh, and consistent football, right? Clean football generally. And then in terms of just our talent level against our opponents, then I think we could be in in that seven to nine range. We could. But our history tells us that we're going to lose two games we shouldn't, right? So that drops that seven down to five or that nine down to to seven, right? Um, um, And so um, I, I would say that it that's our range, right? Our, our range is five to seven. <laughs> right. Uh, that's what, that's what I think. And that's where, um, you know, as we're starting to get closer and closer to the season, you know, the priority of certain games, like if, if we lose to Oklahoma in that fourth game of the year, does that derail our season? No, it doesn't. But if we lose to Northwestern in game one, that has a huge, huge impact on the, on the trajectory of the season. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that statement? No, I definitely do. So to me, the the four teams that I am just assuming we are going to lose to are Oklahoma, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Iowa. Uh, Iowa, I know we we should have beaten them last year, but we also played them in Lincoln, and this time we're playing them at at Iowa. Uh, So I'm going to presume that that's a loss. Um, And then my thought on seven and five is that we lose those four and then lose one more along the way to somebody we shouldn't. Um, but if we came out of this at seven and five, you know, I wouldn't be like overjoyed, but I would definitely be satisfied with that. And I think that's enough for Scott to keep his job for sure. Oh, oh, I totally agree. If, and especially if those were the losses, right? I think Nebraska fans could accept a loss to Oklahoma, a loss to Michigan. You know, those are, those are losses that we would look at and say, okay, yep, we're not there yet, but this is a definite, a definite step in the right direction. And at seven and five, that would put us in a bowl game with an opportunity, hopefully, to play a competitive uh, team and beat them in a bowl game, right? And as long as we didn't end up with some crazy, stupid matchup where somebody, you know, um, uh, they end up uh, uh, setting us up and aligning us with uh, with a team that's way better from the SEC or something. You know what I mean? Like if we ended up in, in a reasonable matchup, we win that bowl game, and now you got eight wins. That's a that's a good season. That's a season Nebraska fans could feel good about, right? Yep. Uh, so I I totally agree with you. But uh, the, here's the thing: um, it all centers on Northwestern. 
Mm-hmm. Because if we lose that game, not only are we 0-1 on the season, we're 0-1 in the conference. We're 0-1 in the West Division after the first week. And so then we, so what? We, we, we beat North Dakota and we beat Georgia Southern, let's just say. And then we go into that um, Oklahoma game 2-1 and one in Lincoln, right? Now it doesn't have any uh, national focus because we're only 2-1. and one. And, um, um, you know, Oklahoma comes in and just probably cleans, the, cleans our clock. And now we're 2-2. Two and two. And we're, we're back to that same old, same old thing again. And eventually the wheels come off at the end when we have to play Michigan and Wisconsin and Iowa all towards the end of the season. And it just gets ugly. By then we probably would have a fired coach, uh, right? We'd be looking for a new coach. Um, but if instead we beat Northwestern and then we find ourselves 3-0 and going into Oklahoma, that, that means we got some hype around that game because in all likelihood Oklahoma is going to be 3-0. Uh, going into that game and so and it's in lincoln so uh some national attention on lincoln the fan base will be hyped that game will have great energy uh what if we pull off the upset right uh oklahoma has its share of issues uh they just uh, uh their um uh quarterbacks coach slash offensive co-coordinator whatever you want to call him had to resign um uh like last week so Hmm. So that's a big deal. And he's been with that program since Bob Stoops. Right. Um, so he was a key fixture. He played for them. Right. I mean, he's an alumnist. Uh, that's a big, big deal. Well, and one thing to keep in mind that uh, doesn't come through when I just list off the games like that, but that Northwestern game is technically a week zero game. It's before most other teams. So I'm looking at o- Oklahoma's schedule right now, and they actually only play two teams before they play us. So they would be 2-0. and Oh, so they'd, they'd be 2-0. and Okay. And, yes, and they're okay. UTEP and Kent State. So they will be 2-0. and <laughs> Like, I can't see yes. them losing. Exactly. But they will have not faced anybody of significance. And then they go into the lion's den of a 3-0 and Nebraska team with a fan base that's so rabid from anxiety and energy of <laughs> shitty seasons that, they, that, 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 that the energy in that stadium might be blowing the roof off. Yep. Right. And and what happens then? And maybe something special happened. Right. Well, and we played them at Oklahoma last year and we're winning for oh, a good bit of that game. Well, we were winning in the fourth quarter. We should have beat them. Yep. I mean, just if we if we execute two or three additional plays, we beat them. Mm. I mean, that's how close we were to beating that. So I I uh, yeah, I'm uh, that that's the thing. And that's why we get back to Northwestern. Now, here's the here's the bad news. We did beat Northwestern handily last year. Yes, that was our okay. best game. We've never we, – exactly. It's the best game, in my opinion, of the Scott Frost era. The most complete game, both offensively and defensively, of the Scott Frost era. Mm-hmm. We've never done that to Northwestern two years in a row. We've never been able to beat them soundly two years in a row. And, and, and in fact, um, uh, I think they've never beaten us two years in a row either, but this series has been super, super tight. And their coach, uh, Fitzgerald, just won't allow his team to be as bad as they were last year. They were really quite bad defensively last year uh, because they had a first-year defensive coordinator, uh, and there was, they were adjusting, uh, and it wasn't going well at the time that they played us. But by the end of the season, they had gotten better, and their quarterback play last year was atrocious. Now this year, they have better quarterback play. So their two weaknesses, I guarantee you, have been shored up. 
Now, the question is, have ours, right? <laughs> can, we, can, can we continue to have offensive success against them with all of our offensive linemen uh, that have, have had to be replaced um, and our quarterback being different? You know, they struggled with an athletic quarterback. Their defense really struggled to defend Martinez last year. Martinez had an All-American day against them. Um, our new quarterbacks, they're not Adrian Martinez, right? They are not going to be that guy. So the threat isn't there. Uh, and so their defense is going to be able to focus in on our scheme a lot more and not have to worry about a guy scrambling and running around. Mm -hmm. Okay? And so I worry greatly. And then you, you mix in the whole Ireland thing. That's going to be tough. Right. But that's a huge that's a huge game. Well, um, I agree with you. It's definitely a huge game. And you know for a fact that since we – beat them so bad last year uh pat fitzgerald has had that game circled on the schedule throughout fall practice here on their end um absolutely but and you can correct me because i'm not sure how like the tickets in ireland are you know uh dished out or whatever but i expect that uh stadium to be more red than purple just given how nebraska travels yeah, yes, I think that is true. So far, I think the number of tickets sold would be maybe like 11,000 or so Nebraska fans have already bought tickets and maybe 6,000 or 7,000 Northwestern fans. It's not the 20,000 uh, or 25,000 that they were hoping. I think they were hoping for between Nebraska and, uh, and Northwestern that they were going to get about 25,000 fans uh, that, to travel over to the game. And then, and then locals would fill in the rest, so to speak. Uh, and I don't think they got even close to that. I mean, there's, there's still been a great deal of hesitation on the part of, you know, Americans to travel abroad. And then you combine that with the fact that both teams are coming off of basically three and nine records. You, you're not going to build a lot of momentum with those two teams playing, right? Um, but it is a Big Ten uh, conference game. It's very important to both teams. So the teams will recognize the intensity and the importance of the game. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. And there will be more Nebraska fans there, but I don't think it'll be overwhelmingly red. I'll, I'll be interested to see. Since I'm going to be in the seat, I'll, I'll be mm -hmm. part of that red. Yep, you'll be part of it. And uh, I'll be watching the game from here in California. Rune on you the Huskers. You should be with me, buddy. You should be with me. I've got a ticket. You want to look at last-minute flights, pal? I've got a ticket for I don't you. know, man. I was looking at just at flights to Florida, and it's going to cost me over $800. It's insane. Oh, my. <laughs> no, it's not. That's for, it's, that's for Christmas. You're flying across. That's for Christmas, of for course, Christmas. but still. Right. It's, still. It, yep. It's, it's yep. wild out here. Um, I know. But in terms of the season, so I'm just going to say my optimistic prediction is – eight and four my semi-optimistic prediction prediction is seven and five and then my more pessimistic uh if things go badly prediction i would say is probably yeah probably like a four or five win season would be my more pessimistic prediction so th those are my three venues for how the season goes this year if we get four or five wins scott is fired and that we're is, looking for a new that's coach weak. That, that's weak, Alex. Come on, well, you got to have a take. You you can't have three choices. <laughs> well, maybe maybe I can see two, but you can't have three. All right, all right, all right. So fine. Give me well, give me two of those. My semi-optimistic one is the one I'm the most confident in. So I'll say seven and five. 
Seven and five. Okay. And then four wins on the bottom side. Yes. Okay. And that and this and this record does not include a bowl game in either right. in, any, in any case. Just regular okay. season. Just regular season. Okay. So I'm gonna say I would agree with you that I think I think seven and four would be I would view as a season that in which this particular squad and this, you know, set of circumstances, you know, new coaches all that sort of stuff. I think seven and seven and five is a is a is a record that I think would be acceptable, right? That 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 would be considered and viewed as progress, and um, and I think is achievable. So I'm going to say that's where we end up landing for a lot of the same reasons you did. Uh, there's some teams that I think it's very unlikely that we beat. Um, uh, the same teams you described, and then there's some teams we're going to lose one that we shouldn't. And until Scott and his staff can prove to me that they can win a game in which, you know, outsiders and even someone like us would look at it and say, you know what, the other team's better than us, we're going to lose, and then they actually win it. Like, what if, we, what if we beat Oklahoma or we beat Michigan or we beat Wisconsin, right? Then that would flip the one that we lose to that, you know, when we lose to Illinois and we're not supposed to, right, that where everybody's like, Nebraska's got more talent. They should beat Illinois. And then we lose to them like we did last year. Right. But as you were going through that, you look at the home and away, right? I mean, really, we get Wisconsin at home. We get a Michigan away. So that's, that's, that was going to be a loss most likely anyway. Okay, it's still a loss. But Wisconsin at home, maybe that's one we can pull off, right? Um, we play Northwestern over in Ireland. If we can get that win, that just becomes huge because I think it gives us momentum. Um, I think the Oklahoma game, honestly, if we don't lose uh, to Northwestern and we can build and truly build uh, and play clean football in those first three games, uh, or cleaner football, I know we won't play clean. That's the beginning of the year. I could see us really giving Oklahoma a run for their money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just have a feeling that's one we could maybe get. Nope. Right? But then I think we lose to, North, uh, we, we lose to Minnesota because we always lose to Minnesota. <laughs> it's just ridiculous, right? right? We should never lose to those guys, and we, beat them, <laughs> uh, we get beat by them every year, and not even close. Right. And that's a coaching thing. Yeah, well, I, I definitely agree with you that I think Oklahoma is possible, especially if we're coming off the momentum of three wins in a row. Right. Um, but right. one thing I definitely want to mention is that it's, it's very important that we have a lot of success in the first half of our season because the second half yeah. is a lot tougher. That stretch <laughs> of Minnesota, Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa is like all in a row, no bye weeks. All of our bye weeks are earlier on. Um, so we are definitely going to, struggle at some points there in that stretch like there's just no doubt so we got to get the wins early against the teams we're supposed to beat i believe um we even uh the athletic director even mentioned that the the six game point you know the midpoint of the season was going to be a kind of a, a time to kind of check in with scott on how things are going right in his uh future coaching possibilities at Nebraska and everything, right? So if we go if we come into that and we're five and one and our only loss is to Oklahoma, you know, and we didn't get blown out by them or whatever, uh Scott's feeling real good. And I would be feeling real good too. Yeah, yep. But even that, let's say you're five and one at that point. Let's look at the rest of the games. Okay, you're five and one, then you have to play Illinois at home. 
that becomes to me a, a critical game because that gets you to your six wins and bowl eligibility. If you don't win that game, then the rest of the schedule is Minnesota at Michigan, Wisconsin, and at Iowa. Right. So those, those last four games are against, you know, uh, um, our, uh, one of our nemesis in Minnesota, uh, a Michigan team that's going to be, well, is top 10 preseason. Wisconsin, who's also going to be highly regarded, top 15 or so, and Iowa, who's, who won the division last year. And, and uh, um, well, no, they didn't win it last year, but was, they beat us, even though they shouldn't have. Again, last year, we were better than Iowa. Right. We were a better football team, and we found a way to lose and gift them the, the game. And that's because we got outcoached. Right. Uh, you are forgetting about one game because the midpoint of the season is Rutgers. That's our sixth game. And then we play at Purdue the next week. Oh, you know what? You're right because this one does not show that Northwestern one because it's week zero. Okay. Okay. So so uh, we play Rutgers and then and then Purdue is the next week, right? Yeah. And they're both away. Yep. They're both away. Yep. So – so, so both both teams yeah. we should win, but the fact that they're away and they're back to back is tricky. And I, I'm going to tell you that at Rutgers game, that Rutgers team way better than people think. That that game scares the heck out of me. By no means is that an automatic W for us, right? So that's one we could easily lose. Purdue also one we could easily lose. The Illinois at home, you'd like to think you could beat them at home, right? Minnesota at home. Well, you'd like to think we could beat them at home. I mean, in terms of talent, we should be somewhat comparable to them in talent. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. gosh darn it. But, yeah, that at, I agree with you. That at Rutgers game is going to be another really super critical game for us. Yep. Okay, so is your official prediction 7-5 and five then, same as me? My, my, my official prediction is 7-5. and five. I, think we, I think we turn the corner enough to keep, um, keep Scott his job. All right. This is good because usually I feel like I'm the more optimistic one. You're a little bit more pessimistic, but I like that yep. what you're hearing is, you know, giving you uh, signs of improvement. Yeah. Well, the, the whole key, like I said, it's all about the offensive line. And I'm choosing as I look uh, through the, uh, the, the, the glass, so to speak, of the future. Right. I'm looking at it with the thought that, okay, we're going to have some reasonable health in our offensive line and that Cochran is going to be able to play this year and play at an effective level and that Teddy uh, is going to be able to play and play uh, healthy and effective um, because those are some big boys, some talented offensive linemen. I mean, those two right there that I just mentioned were, uh, um, you know, rivals 100 offensive linemen. I mean, they were, they were some of the top offensive linemen in the country when they came into our program. Uh, So they, if they, met uh, and played to the hype, then we would have one heck of a left side of our offensive line. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this has been a great podcast. We're hoping to do one more uh, before the Northwestern game to properly preview how that game's going to go uh, before you fly out, of course. Yes. And that is such a critical game. And that's why that one will be important. Yes, for sure. All right. Well, we hope all you out there enjoyed listening to the podcast. If you want to reach out to us, you can find us at huskerpeat13 at gmail.com. You can also reach out to us on uh, Anchor, where we our podcast lives. We can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating or review there. We always love listening to the fans' feedback and constructive criticism. 
So thank you all out there for listening. And thank you, Dad, for joining me for this episode. And until next time, go Big Red. Go Big Red. Go Big Red.